Welcome to Charity Talks. I'm Brooke Denefsky, and today I spoke with Bonnie Carroll, the president and founder of the Tragedy and Assistance Program for Survivors, which is also known as TAPS. TAPS offers compassionate care to all those grieving a military loss. From a peer support network available 24 hours a day, to women's empowerment retreats, to providing resources internationally, TAPS has a variety of programs that are helping so many affected families cope with the loss of a loved one. Given its amazing work, it was no surprise that Bonnie was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Obama in 2015, so I hope you enjoy hearing from Bonnie. Welcome to Charity Talks. I'm Brooke Denefsky, and today I'm speaking with Bonnie Carroll, the president and founder of a Tragedy and Assistance Program for Survivors. Bonnie, thank you for coming on the podcast. Hey, Brooke, it's great to be with you, and thank you for doing this. So to start, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you came to found TAPS? Absolutely, I'd love to. So as my background, I... Uh, had worked actually in senior levels of government for many years. I, I worked in the West Wing of the White House for uh, three different presidents, had a, a great career there, and met and married an amazing man, uh, just the love of my life. He was a colonel in the Army and uh, was the commander up in Alaska. So we married, we headed off to start our life, and several years into that new life, very tragically, Tom was killed in an army plane crash, went into the mountains of Alaska, and he and seven other soldiers perished. You know, I, I had served at senior levels of government. I was actually also a military reserve officer myself. I had worked with charities who dealt with trauma. I really thought I, um, I understood what that experience would be like of having a traumatic loss in my own life. But when it happened to me, it was completely devastating. It, I, I couldn't even breathe, much less find a way forward. But, you know, as the, as the weeks and the months went on, I started looking for the kind of support that I knew had to exist for military surviving families. Where were all those people grieving military losses who could understand my pain and this unique circumstance of losing a loved one who served in the armed forces? And Brooke, it was absolutely shocking to find that, that back then, and this is the early 90s, that didn't exist. It had never existed in America, an organization to really create a community of support for all those sharing that experience of grieving the death of a loved one whose life included military service. And that is different. It's, it's unlike any other kind of loss. Yeah, well, I appreciate you sharing that. And just for our listeners who are interested in learning more about what you do, can you share what TAPS's mission is? Well, you know, it was after that search and realizing it didn't exist, that I founded TAPS, a Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. The website is taps.org. Our social media is at taps.org. And it's a community of all those who are grieving the death 
of a loved one whose life included military service. We provide uh, circum uh, services and support that isn't addressed anywhere else. It really complements what the government provides, which is the final honors, the final resting place, and those government financial benefits for eligible survivors, primarily widows and children. So TAPS comes in then and provides that peer-based emotional support, 24-7 National Military Survivor Helpline. We've got wonderful programs for kids and adults and siblings for everyone who is experiencing a loss. Right now, we have a very high rate of suicide loss in the military. And TAPS has fantastic programs to help families understand that circumstance of loss as, as best anyone can. We also have programs uh, that are designed for young adults, that unique population between the ages of 18 and 30, you know, to just help them transition from childhood into adulthood, missing a parent or another, another significant family member. So TAPS really is this wonderful community of support and resources and care for everyone who's honoring a military loved one who has died while serving. Yeah, and you mentioned a lot of really great programs I definitely want to get more into soon, but I guess just before we do so, can you discuss what are some of the programs that in your personal experience have been the most impactful or meaningful? Well, our Good Grief Camp is amazing. So that's a program for the kids where we bring them together in their own age group, teach them coping skills, let them know that, you know, while they may have been a military dependent, living on military bases and going to military schools, they're now transitioning into a new life where they are the living legacies of American service and sacrifice. We've, what's really great is we recruit military members and veterans volunteer to become a mentor to a child and we pair them one-on-one -on -one, and they create these amazing relationships that go on sometimes for a lifetime. We just had one of our kids who now has grown up and she was getting married. Her dad had been killed in the military and she asked her TAPS Good Grief Camp mentor to walk her down the aisle. <sighs> I mean, that's the kind of relationships that becomes family. And that's really what TAPS is all about. It's creating that community and building that larger family of people who really understand because they've been there. We also have a great women's empowerment program. There's a fantastic opportunity to transform yourself, redefine your relationship with the person who has died, who you will always continue to love, but then find out who you are going to be now going forward in a very safe setting. And, you know, Brooke, I love our international programs. We partner with 53 different countries so far, you know, everywhere from India war widows to Israeli Defense Forces widows and orphans. We have a fantastic program with TAPS Ukraine that we mentored the creation of in 2015. So, you know, lots of just beautiful partnerships where we can share best practices and come to lean on each other. And I know you mentioned the Women's Empowerment Program, and so I know they're actually retreats. So what do some of these retreats look like for these women involved? Uh, it's an opportunity to come into a safe space where there's no judgment, where you just are your most authentic self. You know, when you're grieving, there's a lot of expectations people kind of put on you. If you're happy, they think, oh, gosh, you're over it. You've forgotten the person 
or if you're overly sad, they think you're depressed and you need medication. It's so hard to get away from that, but to come into this, this environment where you're with others who truly understand, you learn coping strategies, healthy life skills, you learn what's possible about the future, and you kind of explore who you are going to become after this devastating loss. So it's, it's just incredibly powerful. Yeah, and I think it's interesting you mentioned in terms of emotion how obviously if you're depressed or happy, but I think it's so important, you know, that people understand or realize that it's not such a linear thing and sure grief, it's a long process experience, which is why I think what you're doing is so important in many ways. Oh, Brooke, I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, a lot of people think grief is kind of a mental illness or something we need to see a clinician about, but grief is the normal human response to the death of a loved one, to that separation. You know, we only grieve because we love. Grief really is tied to love. I mean, we hear about tragedies all the time on the news, people who have died, killed in a car accident or something, and we're sad about that. I mean, we we feel an emotion, but we don't grieve that loss because we didn't have that love connection and that personal bond. So at TAPS, we really lean into that and we recognize that we can transition uh, our pain into that love, that that love transcends the physical death, that the love lives on. Yeah. And that we can redefine our relationship with a person who's gone because we will always love them. I don't, I, I hope that's making sense. I Definitely. think it does to the yeah. people who have lost someone. And it, it's so liberating to, to not have to feel that you shut that person out or you say goodbye or you, you know, you, you hear a lot of words like closure and acceptance and, you know, moving on. And it, it just doesn't work like that. We don't stop loving that person because they're no longer physically present. Yeah. And I just am wondering, I know you also mentioned the international aspect of what you're doing. And so I'm really interested in your work in Ukraine. So can you just share a little bit more information about what exactly TAPS is doing within Ukraine and globally in general? Absolutely. I'd love to. Well, back in 2015, the U.S. State Department came to us, you know, and this is after the horrific wars in uh, eastern Ukraine and Crimea, where they had lost 14,000 Ukrainians. They didn't have a program like TAPS, but they had a desperate need to bring families together to heal that tremendous trauma and grief that families were feeling. So we mentored the creation of an organization similar to ours, and they actually wanted to call it TAPS Ukraine. It's entirely driven by volunteers and surviving family members in Ukraine. We've gotten to be such good friends with them. I've been to Kiev and Nipro many, many times over the years. We've done national gatherings like we do in the U.S. They, they've even created their own good grief camp like we have. They, their families have come to the U.S. on four different occasions to be part of international working groups, to attend our good grief camps and survivor seminars. And they've done a beautiful job of modeling our programs. So they have such an amazing infrastructure in Ukraine that TAPS Ukraine has actually become a real core component of their uh, nationwide volunteer coordination cell. So our surviving families are now on the front lines. They're cooking meals, they're tending to the wounded, they're comforting children. 
And they're actually also managing in some places the morgues, which is horrific to think about. But these are family members who have already lost everyone, lost loved ones in 2014. And now they are absolutely determined to stand strong in defense of the homeland their loved ones died for. I'm so proud of them. We're in touch with them every day. We're raising funds. We just this week actually raised enough money to purchase two ambulances that will be heading to Nipro, fully stocked with medical equipment. So we're very, very involved in supporting them with life-saving measures. Last week, we had our first major shipment of food that arrived. So uh, American citizens have been very generous. And we have a lot of information at taps.org slash Ukraine to support the families of the fallen as they are standing strong for their country. Well, thank you for that. And I know another aspect of your work is advocacy. And so what role does advocacy play in what TAPS is doing and working with? You know, it's very important since we have now hundreds of thousands of surviving family members who we hear their stories and their struggles that we inform members of Congress and government agencies on how those federal benefits can be restructured and adapted and transformed to meet the needs of today's survivors. We've had a huge impact on education benefits for surviving children, benefits for widows, uh, really making those those changes that uh, have to happen. It's it, It's been such an honor to be an advocate for change and to watch that occur. We've got a fantastic team that's engaged in this day in and day out. They uh, you know, we don't lobby, but we educate and inform. We advocate. Just in the past two months, we've testified before Congress six different times, which is absolutely unprecedented. They're listening to the voice of the surviving families, and they are making changes in laws that will make a difference in the lives of our military families. And also, I know you just have so many different resources. So are there any other resources that, you know, are really important to what you're doing and that you think are worth mentioning? Oh, so many. You know, our 24-7 helpline has been answered live uh, since October of 1994. We answered tens of thousands of calls every year from family members who are looking for resources, grieving losses, in need of assistance. Our casework team handles about 7,000 different cases every year. That's huge. And these are everything from, you know, people who want to get an autopsy report or fix an inscription on a headstone or apply for government benefits or get scholarships for their kids. So it, it's so important that we bridge that gap between what the government can provide and what is available privately for families and be just that, you know, that gentle friend to come alongside a family who is grieving a loss and walk them towards the answers that they so desperately need. Yeah, and also TAPS has just had such a huge impact since its founding. So I just wanted to ask, how do you go about quantifying this impact? Well, we actually, if on our website at taps.org slash mission, we have our impact report. We count every single statistic, every call, every connection, every contact, because it's important. It's important to track trends to know how we can meet emerging needs and how those needs are shifting. You know, a decade ago, the leading cause of death was hostile action in Iraq and Afghanistan. Today, that's 
that's only 3% of the losses that we are seeing of the families. Last year, we had over 9,000 family members who came to us seeking support and resources. The majority of those lost loved ones to suicide or to illness. And that's illness related to exposures to toxins while deployed. Mm -hmm. So we're very, very active in that community, making sure that those families whose loved ones were exposed are receiving the maximum benefits uh, based on, you know, their the service connection to their death. So it's constantly looking at emerging trends, making sure that we are meeting the needs of the families as they shift and change. Yeah, and since you are looking at all these different trends, I'm curious, what are some of the upcoming projects that you're excited about? Oh, well, we're doing, we're actually expanding our women's uh, empowerment program and we're going to be doing a huge women's empowerment summit this year that's really exciting and of course taking our international work forward we're doing a lot of research and turning war grief into positive peace taking it a step beyond the conflict to how do we raise the next generation in stability and security so a lot of important work we've now presented before Geneva Peace Week before the United Nations on this work, and it's gaining a lot of momentum. So we're really excited about ways that we can bring about hope and healing, not only to our own families, but hopefully to the world post-conflict. And I also just wanted to ask about any specific personal experiences you can discuss about positive impact that TAPS has had on either a person or family or just community at large. Oh, so many. Every day we get to witness this incredible healing that takes place of, you know, families who may have felt that they were alone. We have uh, a family actually here locally. They're two little boys and uh, and their mom, who is now a widow, their dad died by suicide at Christmas time. And in the spring, mom was thinking about moving, you know, maybe up to the New England area to be close to family. And she talked to her little boys who had been to the Good Grief Camp and had been, you know, connected with military mentors. And she said, what do you think about, you know, moving up there to be close to family? And the little boy, he said, he said, but TAPS is our family. We can't move away. So even though we are everywhere in the country, he felt a connection to, you know, where our headquarters is and all the activities we do right around here. So she actually bought a house right near our headquarters. (laughs) So we get to see them all the time and it's amazing and wonderful and they are family. And that's what it really becomes. You know, it becomes this beautiful community of people who have seen the worst, who have lost everything and now coming together to hang on tight to each other with just love and hope and and moving forward to help each other heal. Yeah, and I'm sure after hearing about everything that you're doing, a lot of people are going to be curious about how can those who want to get involved do so, and what's really the best approach to this? We love volunteers. We love support. TAPS is a charity, so we're very, very grateful. Everything we do is made possible by donors, American citizens who understand the sacrifices made by our military and appreciate the work that we do. At our website, there's taps.org slash volunteer. We've got opportunities to do all sorts of volunteer engagements. So we would love to have everybody involved. Follow us on social media, volunteer to serve, 
choose us as your charity to donate to and become part of our TAPS family. Great. And lastly, is there anything else you'd like to add about TAPS or reiterate or really anything before we go? Oh, just how grateful I am to have this opportunity to share our mission. We are the families of America's fallen heroes. And on Memorial Day, unlike any other time of the year, this is the chance for Americans to stop and pause and reflect on the sacrifices made by our men and women in uniform. It's only 1% of the population, but it is that front line of defense for all of us. So thank you for allowing me to have this time to share what we're doing and hopefully engage a lot of your listeners in uh, TAPS. Well, thank you.